Hello, this is Gary Hutchins, minister with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. We welcome you to today's Bible class. It is designed especially for our podcast listeners, and it focuses on helping us to get into God's Word for about 12 minutes each day to help us have a better perspective on the day, to help us to think about spiritual things, our relationship with God, our souls, and in so doing, to help us to, be able to better be able to handle whatever the day throws at us. We want to encourage you to help others do the same thing by sharing these short studies with them. If you can do that, you may help them turn their lives around in a more positive direction and ultimately in a more spiritual direction. You may even help them start on that pathway toward heaven. So think about what a great impact you could have on them just by sharing these short studies with them. You can do that through Facebook friends. You can do that through text messages, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. But do that. Share with your friends, family members, neighbors, work associates, anybody and everybody. You may help change a life for all of eternity. We're coming toward the end of our study, our focus on sexual immorality. The difficulties that we face in our culture today due to all of the sexual sins that are all around us. And they are numerous, almost uncountable, and the devil is very skillful at using them to bring people away from God, to bring them down spiritually. We talked about the case of David and Bathsheba in Second Samuel chapters 11 and 12. We did not read that whole account, but we encourage you to do so. It can be eye-opening. Again, as I've pointed out, in all of my many years, and they span number of decades, in preaching the gospel, teaching God's word, but also counseling, counseling many individuals and married couples. It has been my estimation that Sexual sin is probably the most debilitating that I've had to deal with in counseling individuals and couples. It seems like it, in so many cases, almost becomes an insurmountable temptation and sin, one that overwhelms the individual, that they seem to be unable to be able to control themselves against. Now, that's simply because they have given in to the devil's temptation in this particular area of their lives. God can help them overcome that, but they have tasted the sin, and even though they know it's wrong, and even though they want to turn away from it, it seems like they're almost powerless to do so. Now, don't get hoodwinked by the devil. You're not powerless if you will walk with God. He will give you strength. Remember what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can overcome even this temptation, this sin, if you will turn to God through Jesus Christ. Through the blood that he shed on the cross, as you're baptized into him, you'll be forgiven of your sins. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Acts 22 and verse 16 and as you walk with God through Christ faithfully and obediently, God will always be there. And he will make the way for you to never have to face a temptation over which you cannot say no. 
but God is faithful and will always make the way for you to escape or say no. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. Now take that to heart. Sin cannot be covered up or swept under the rug. In Galatians 6 and verse 7, we read this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that he will also reap. A farmer doesn't plant corn and have watermelons come up. He doesn't plant tomatoes and have cucumbers come up. You sow what you, or you reap what you sow. And the same thing is true in the field of life. Whatever you sow in your life, you're going to reap the consequences or the products of that seed that you're sowing. And if it's any kind of sinfulness, you're going to see the consequences of that come in your life. When it comes to sexual immorality, oh, those consequences can be so far-reaching and widely sweeping. And they will not only affect your life, but they will affect the lives of others as well. And ultimately, they can destroy your family. And they can destroy your relationship with all those around you who love you and care about you. We need to understand, like malignant cancer, sin is progressive. And it seems like sexual sin has the propensity to be even more progressive. Sexual sin begets the same sins that David committed. Lying and cover-up and hypocrisy and murder sometimes abortion, suicide, and other sins too, such as child abuse and violence. And a, an individual, a husband or a wife, becoming irresponsible toward their family and their children. We must not underestimate temptation's power or say, you know, it'll never happen to me. I'll never let that happen. I'll never give in to it. David was a man after God's own heart. The scriptures tell us in Acts chapter 13 and verse 22, and it happened to David. He gave in. He lingered over what he saw, and lust developed in his heart. Do you suppose David thought it would happen to him before that evening? But then he looked out across the way and saw Bathsheba bathing, unclothed, beautiful. If David was not strong enough to watch and still resist, we need to take heed lest we also fall. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 11 and 12, we read these words of warning from the Apostle Paul. All these things happen to them as examples. Now he's referring to what we have written down for us in the Old Testament. written for as examples, and they were written for our admonition, or our instruction, our learning, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Now notice the next verse, verse 12. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. I've told the story in teaching a number of times over many years of a man whom I knew, who was a Christian, he told me about how earlier in his life he felt so strong spiritually that he would look for temptation. He actually had a, the kind of thinking that God just, you know, let something happen, confront me, let me at it. 
and I listened to him. I probably should have said something more direct, but I, I just listened. And I thought, how foolish. You should not be looking for temptation. You should not be looking for sin to confront you. And as that young and as that man, he was a little bit older than I was at that time, but as he was recounting that particular previous life experience in his earlier life, he was a weak Christian, pretty weak by that time. How foolish to be looking for temptation. Instead, we need to always be praying what Jesus told the apostles Peter, James, and John to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane as he went on further to pray himself. He instructed them to be strong, to not be overcome by temptation. We need to be praying always that God will protect us from temptation. David was a man after God's own heart. Later, David repented. There's no question about that. But how much tragedy developed before he came to that point as a result of his sin? Now, this shows just how quickly a man can fall. In an unguarded moment, and that's what we emphasized earlier in this study, in a moment, in the heat of a moment, and all of us are faced with those moments when we have to make an instant decision. And if we make the wrong decision, it can ruin us for that moment, but it could also change our lives in a negative way or affect our lives in a tragic way for the rest of our lives. How quickly a person can fall. In an unguarded moment, the power of sexual sin could ruin a life, but not just a person's life, but the lives of several persons around that person. And such temptation is no respecter of persons. It is no respecter of theological labels either. And it is no respecter of people of high status in all kinds of esteemed positions within a society or culture. The stakes are high. Oh, they're so high. Broken hearts, broken homes come with high price tags. Few adulterers ever repent and return to God. That's probably a pretty safe statement. How sad. And how many times do you find people who have fallen into that particular sin? It doesn't stop with that one time or that one relationship that their unguarded moment has led them into through that sexual sin. But they seem to commit the same sin over and over again through their lives and hurt, harm, maybe destroy other relationships with other people in the process. 
to escape the eternal heat of condemnation in hell? Prepare for the heat of the moment. <laughs> Stand strong with that armor that God has provided for us and laid out in Ephesians chapter 6. Let's pray together. Father, help us to stand strong against all temptation. Please protect us from the ways of the devil to lead us into sin, all kinds of soul-condemning sin. In an extra special way, please strengthen us against sexual sin. Our culture is crumbling before our very eyes because of it. Our nation is becoming weaker and weaker through it. Lives are being damaged, in some cases irreparably, because of it. And souls are being lost as a result of it. Please help us. Please help people, Father. Help them open their eyes and their hearts to see the danger and to turn away from it. Help us to stand prepared for that moment that's going to challenge us and can affect us for the rest of our lives. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.